Today's guest is Mark Benzikane, formerly of ServerPress and Desktop Server. He'll join us to reflect on the 12 years of that business running in the WordPress space, how he met Steve, the creator of Desktop Server, and what led to this final chapter in their journey of creating one of WordPress's beloved products in our space. And you can tell that just by the outpouring of support and admiration and love for the product and the team uh, from around the Twitter sphere and other communities like the WP Minutes Slack channel. But before we get into today's episode, we got to pay the bills. We got to help out the people who support us in motion. In motion hosting empowers you to build and grow websites with all the essential tools you need. Visit mattreport.com slash in motion. I'm serious. They support me, support them. Featuring a hyper fast performance stack from the only web host powered by UltraStack, complete with 99.99% uptime, free SSL, one-click application installs, and a free domain for a year. Rest assured knowing your website is secure and managed by friendly 24-7 human support. Guess what? You can go even further with their managed WordPress hosting platform as well. All plans are fine-tuned to deliver superior performance, security, scalability. Build and launch a WordPress site in record time with their free page builder and professional themes. Or guess what? You can transfer one with their free migration tool. Start your next WordPress website with InMotion and experience hyper-fast load times and unparalleled performance. Plus, you will receive a free lifetime SSL certificate, automatic backups, and unlimited bandwidth. Visit mattreport.com slash inmotion, mattreport.com slash inmotion for your free web hosting consultation today. Hey, Mark, uh, thanks for taking the time to share a little bit more about ServerPress. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate uh, it. A little over a decade in the space? Yeah, a little bit over a decade. For Steve, who is the creator and, and mad genius behind Desktop Server, it's been 12 years for him. And then for Greg and myself, it's been almost 10 years, not quite. How did you originally get involved with Steve? <laughs> that's a that's an interesting story. So um, it, Greg and I have probably the, I, I always tell people we have the oldest partnership that exists in WordPress. Greg and I actually go back to about 1988. We both worked at Circuit City. And then after Circuit City, we, we invested in a camera store and ran a camera store for a few years and then ran a few other businesses. And, and then I moved from California to Wisconsin and Greg and I stayed in touch. I was running a Harley-Davidson motorcycle parts liquidation business through eBay and woke up one day and realized that I could be making money off of my competitors by having my own site that brought in a feed from from eBay and, and being involved in their affiliate project. And so lo and behold, I find WordPress and started creating, I had a site up and pulling in an eBay fee within WordPress within like 24 hours. I had a, I already had a server rack set up at the office and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to throw WordPress on and self-host this thing and see what happens. And and so that's how I got involved in WordPress. And then coincidentally, I had been talking to Greg and, and Greg said, hey, I've started developing in WordPress too. Let's, let's start doing some client work. And I thought, okay, sure, why not? And so that's how I got involved in WordPress. I'm getting to the Steve part in a minute, but that's the, that's the, the background. And 
so then one day Greg says to me, Hey, you need to come out here and go to WordCamp. It's a, it's a conference for WordPress people. And there's one in San Diego. And I think this was the year that Dre and Tony were, were running it at the, this law school in San Diego. And, and so I said, sure. And Greg says, I'll pay for the ticket to WordCamp if you'll fly, if you'll pay for your plane ticket. I said, oh, that sounds like a good deal because I'm used to conferences costing several hundred dollars or whatever. And, and I, I thought that was a pretty good deal. And then so I go and I, I buy my flight from Rhinelander, Wisconsin to San Diego, California. And, and then I actually looked at the, the price of the WordCamp ticket and realized that it was $25 and, and realized who got the better end of that deal. And what had happened was Greg had discovered and, and had known Steve a little bit because he had shown me desktop server and we started using it in our, in our day-to-day. And Greg had a question at the WordCamp and Steve said he'd sit down with us and help us through it. And so Steve sat and, and helped us through it. And that was my one and only exposure to Steve. And I thought, man, this guy is great. This whole community is awesome. People out helping people. This is the way a community should helping each other to, to all be successful. And this was always my ideal of how a community should work and didn't think much about it other than Steve's a great guy. And and then later, Greg and I were talking. We're like, hey, we have this really great idea for a theme that we want to build. And so we talked about it and talked about it. And Greg says, some of these ideas are a little bit above our head. Maybe we should talk to Steve about it because Steve would be able to help us. And and so Greg went to Steve. And, and in the meantime, Steve, Greg and I had been like just huge ambassadors for desktop server. We just loved the product. We were showing it to everybody. We were doing meetups where we were like, hey, this is this really cool tool. And and so we had already been we had already been indoctrinated into the fanboy club of desktop server. And 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 then Greg I said, Yeah, call me back after you talk to Steve and, and let me know what he thinks of our idea. And Greg called me back and he says, well, that was interesting. I said, what? He says, Steve wants to bring us into ServerPress and reform the company and offer us a partnership. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a no brainer. And so we, we set it up originally that there was like a, a 90 day kind of testing period to make sure we could work together. And before anything was finalized and formalized, and it turned out that we just naturally fell into positions that worked for us, where there was enough overlap that we that we could help each other out, but not so much so that we were stepping on each other's toes. And and everything just fell together. And and it it's easily by far and away the easiest partnership. I have ever experienced in my life. To this day, nine years later, I can't imagine having a partnership that has just been so, I wouldn't say conflict-free because of course, every relationship you have some conflicts, but but we really were able to always check our egos at the door and and look for better solutions together and collaborate well and and work together well. And, and, and it it was, that's just how we got involved. And that's, 
where things went. And so I know that is a very long-winded answer to your very short question. <laughs> so no real finger pointing at, at the sort of the closing of this chapter for this product. If I were to point the finger, if I'm being totally honest, and, and I wouldn't be surprised, I will not speak for my partners, but I wouldn't be surprised if we all might say the same thing, you know, about ourselves, but mm. I could point the finger at myself a little bit. I I had some pretty severe personal issues a few years ago that kind of impacted where my head was at to a degree. So I could point to that if I if I could I could point to just the fact that our mission always was we wanted to be independent and and stay away from the the big dollars that kind of controlled our focus to to benefit them more than others. We were always very proud of the fact that we were essentially server agnostic. So we knew which hosts we worked well with and which ones we didn't, but we were always, we didn't have an agenda when it came to that. And we didn't want to be driven by somebody's agenda. And so that, that could enter into it a little bit. I could, I could blame COVID. At first, when COVID hit, our sales actually spiked because all of a sudden everyone was developing websites. Then you have these resources of time. And when all of a sudden you're homeschooling your kids and not able to send them to, to school during the time that you normally work, you don't have as much time to to stay on top of the projects and things like that. There, There's there's finger pointing and there's finger pointing. Do I blame anybody? No. I think it is, if I were to step away and and look at things from an objective standpoint where there's no emotion involved, I would I would say we did a hell of a thing running a company independently in this ecosystem for 12 years, coming up with a piece of software that even to this day still works. Shelf life for software is not that long. No. So, so for a piece of software that that still works as easily today as it did 12 years ago is is pretty impressive now are there bugs or things that needed to be updated in today's world absolutely are there things that don't work as well as they used to absolutely but the main functionality of spinning up a website works every bit as well today as it did 12 years ago with with Steve's first iteration of desktop server. So I forgot what your question was. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to dig into, yeah. I'll just give you some some space to reflect there. I want to dig yeah. into the, maybe the human side and the emotional uh -huh. side before we talk about like sure. the, the market pressures and, and the bells and whistles of all the different tools and hosts that are out there. I myself, so everything I heard there was, hey man, you're human. And yeah, yeah. 10, 12 years in in the WordPress space, in the tech space is an eternity. Yeah. So yeah. it is a, a hats off to you and a congratulations on that. And where I'm going with this is, is I have launched products. <laughs> I've launched uh -huh. many products that yeah. went absolutely nowhere, let alone yeah. 10 years. One of them was a, a WordPress plugin and it, and it actually ran for a couple of years. And it's this human roller coaster ride where you launch something, you get some traction, everything, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I know what color Porsche I'm picking out. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, been like yeah. one month of great sales, yeah. right? And you're like, yeah. this is it. I figured it out. Yeah. And then yeah. the difficulties start. Yeah. And it's easy to look back and, and, and maybe, well, certainly not healthy because I know the, the struggles I've had mentally, like blaming myself for things and, mm -hmm. ways, yeah. I, and ways I went wrong. But do you, at the end of this, are you, are you looking at it, and I know you said it, but are you looking at it as somewhat as, hey man, 10 years, this is a success onto itself more than anyone else has ever experienced? Yeah, 
Yeah. And it was easy well, for me to say that. I don't know if you yeah. feel that way. Well, sure. With everything, we have the intellectual side and then the emotional side, right? So the intellectual side of me looks at it and goes, this is pretty freaking impressive, right? I can step back away from it and and just marvel at at the fact that somehow or another through hell and high water, we managed to to keep a product going and keep a service going that meant that was by and large relevant 12 years later. Right. And, and, and that's no, you're right. That's no small feat. And I can take solace in that. My bank account doesn't necessarily take solace in that, but I do. (laughs) And, and, but then there's the emotional side, which fortunately I think we're starting to address more and more in, in the business world, which is that feeling of, of, failure because we all want an exit strategy that involves oodles and oodles of money and success and praises and and all the things and so anything less than that when your exit strategy is well you know what it's just time to call it we're we're trained to deal with that as that's a failure and for us, I wrote, I wrote about this a little bit. I, I, I did a post on LinkedIn that I, that I put up a couple days ago about how it was for me emotionally. I, I didn't want to speak for my partners. I, I really rarely try to speak for them, but how it was for me emotionally. And for me, it really was a Star Wars moment where the Death Star blows up Alderaan and, and Obi-Wan says, I feel like a bunch of voices, however many voices were just suddenly silenced. That's what it felt like to me. I realize it's not the same as a bunch of people dying, but it just felt like you're sending out this email to 70,000 people that basically says, yesterday, this may have been the way that that you saw things, but today we're giving you the news that this is not the way things are anymore. And I have a huge problem letting one person down, letting alone, let alone 70,000. And so it's the emotional side is, is something that I'm still dealing with. I do take some solace in the intellectual side that says, hey, look, you, you had a good run and this was pretty amazing. And you stayed true to your values and you stayed true to your customers and you, you, you valued what they needed above all else in order to keep the machine going. But on an emotional level, it's it's not at all an easy thing. And I'm sure that, once again, only speaking for myself, I'll, I'll probably be going over every single step along the way over the last 10 years, over and over in my head, trying to say, okay, this is where you, you have to do some sort of sort of post-mortem, right? You, get, you gotta go back and say, where did we screw up? What could we have done better? What should we have done better? And and bring closure to that. And so that's that's a process that I'm going through right now is just is is just taking all of that that feeling of disappointment that the customers have shared with us and and how that's made me feel and and all the things that happened over the last 10 years and what we could do differently in the future or what I could do differently in order to avoid such things. And are those things that I could do that I could live with myself with and look myself in the mirror and tell my kids, hey, I still stuck 
true to my values, but I was also able to make these changes so, so that things are better now than they were before, or, or so that I don't make the same mistakes that I did be, before. So The LinkedIn post is, when it's time, it's time. When I look at the comments, it's the same yeah. comments that I see on Twitter, right? It's Loved your product, love you all, sending hugs, yeah. touching story. I know in the WP Minute Slack, the Slack channel that I run, as mm -hmm. soon as like the news broke, just like everyone in that channel is just talking about it. I remember using desktop server when I was doing sites day to day. The, a huge outpouring from the WordPress community. But I'm curious, again, like you said, I'm going to look back for the last decade or so and replay the areas that were the most challenging maybe for the product. How much of it is the byproduct of being in this highly competitive and highly uh, drawn out WordPress marketplace where so many folks expect free, fast, every mm -hmm. month <laughs> mm -hmm. for nothing? Yeah. Um, yeah. How yeah. much of it is the, the WordPress ecosystem that we all love so much but is so challenging to run a business in? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really good question. And I always, I don't, I don't necessarily, I've never believed in, and this may be, this may, this may be one of my shortcomings, but I don't believe ever in playing the victim mentality kind of thing. I, I hate to, I don't like to use that term. I'm trying to think of a better term for it, but I don't like feeling like it's always some someone else's fault that we didn't succeed. I always feel like we just needed to think differently. One of the things that I've always prided myself on is being an out-of-the-box thinker and always coming up with solutions for problems that are seemingly impossible. And And so there probably is a little bit of that in there. There may be a lot of that in there. I'm just, I, I'm not there yet, like mentally to to throw that in because I want to make sure that I've exhausted all other things like replaying it back in my head before I start going to the kind of maybe simple and obvious answer of, well, we're in this ecosystem where everybody wants everything for free and yet they expect you to give them full support and, and, and keep updating your product and somehow continue to put food on your table. And, and I, I would say that I've never felt resentful necessarily to that mentality of people wanting things for as little as possible. I think that we all want things for as little as possible. And, and most of us try to look for, for the deal. I think very few of us in comparison look at the value. Or, or look at it in a big picture. And, and But I do think that that's the difference between a, a financially successful person or actually successful in any way versus kind of a, a non-successful person is that they look at the value that something provides rather than what they're putting out. And, and in order for any type of relationship to work, it has to be of equal mutual benefit. And what I mean by that is each side needs to think that they're getting more out of the deal than the other person is, right? So, but it, it needs to like, there needs to be some equilibrium there. And if one side is not getting that, then then clearly it's not sustainable. That relationship is not sustainable. Um, so I'm not ready quite yet to 
to blame that. I I may get there. I may not. But I'm not I'm not there yet. You said that a lot of this ride, this novel, I was going to say chapter, but this novel, uh, you know, again, of so many years, you stayed true to your to your core mission, to your objectives, to your ethics. Did you ever run into a situation without sort of naming names? But I'm, I'm sure hosting companies have knocked on the door to yes. say, hey, let's let's acquire, let's partner, let's be the premier host that you transfer yes. the site to. Yeah. Can you reflect on on that and in any way possible to share with the audience without naming names, of course, if you, I, I won't name names. We have had a minimum of three hosting providers come to us and, and there's not a lot to share other than the conversation always started out with, we'll talk to you, but we are going to remain autonomous and we're going to remain server agnostic. I will also say that having said that, every single host that we talked to said, we have no problem with you remaining agnostic. However, I don't know if it's just a, a history. You just look at history and you see how how these companies that go in and acquire and they say nothing's going to change. And then historically, things change, right? Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and to be fair, it changes for the entrepreneur too, right? Like, it, I know, it does. Yeah. yeah. Like you go in, you get a two-year yeah. term and then you're like, yeah, yeah I'm out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, yeah. And, 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 I, and I think it has to. That's the reality is that the, the hard cold reality is that it has to change. And I think that it's easy to talk about in theory things not changing. But the reality is if you go in as a small independent and, and, and you're acquired by a large conglomerate of some sort, or you're, even if it's not a conglomerate, if it's just a hosting company and you're still going to have to have your your daily your your structure every single day is going to change you're going to have different meetings than you used to have you're going to have to provide different reports than you used to have to provide you're going to have to you're going to have to create budgets and ask for money in a different way than than you used to and and what that results in is time resources that are given up that you used to use to just run your independent on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it just seems like that's the way it has to go. Sure. And, and so I, I don't blame, you know, I don't blame any of these, these companies. I, first of all, I don't blame a single company for being acquired and I don't blame a single company for doing the acquiring. I don't blame any of them for how things go and how things evolve once that happens. If we were to take, let's just take an example. I'm not going to, right now, one of the, the hosting companies that is, that is really big in the acquisition space is, is Stellar, right? So, or, and, and what they appear to have done is they appear to have taken several different independents and figured out a way that they can all work together to create a better product or a bigger product. That's one example. Of course, that changed for all those independents because they all have to take into consideration how they're going to interact with all these other products that, that Stellar is offering. So I, clearly, things are going to have to shift and things are going to have to change. That's just the way that it goes. And, and so in answer to your question, going away from our values, we always felt like giving – for us, our value was always the customer. Right. And so with the customer being our, our first value, we felt like being independent and and server agnostic in every way, shape and form where we where we controlled that 
meant the best experience for the customer. And that was always what it was about for us. Going back to my previous question about just analyzing the WordPress market mm-hmm. place and, and you had my jog a little bit of, of thoughts here. Do you think that maybe more lines need to be drawn, whatever that means? Because what it's an interesting space, this WordPress mm-hmm. space is, sure. where it's yeah. open source, there's yeah. billions of dollars on the lines for some right, brands, right? right? Yeah, yeah. There's folks like you that run a software business for a decade, small builders like me who make a few thousand bucks one or two times on a point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's just this crazy ecosystem. And then there's like hosts that stellar let's say GoDaddy, anyone who acquires, generally say, hey, you know what? It's okay for you to stay to stay independent because because then there's like this whole community factor too, which you mm-hmm. would never see in, I don't know, the automotive space. If you're a Chevy, you're Chevy. Mm-hmm. If you're Ford, yeah, yeah, you're Ford. Yeah, you're not messing yeah. around and going to Toyota and balancing the lines. This space is, it's a strange space and maybe just needs more lines drawn? I, I don't know, but I think all of this stuff leads to too many variables that makes mm-hmm. it challenging for one person to be, I hate to use the word dominant, but like you said, when terms end, like things are gonna change. Yeah. I'm saying things have to change, and, and maybe yeah. it's just, we can only enjoy this for so much for so long <laughs> right. until things really right. adjust in the market. I, right. It's not a perfect question, uh, just sort of like standing on a soapbox moment there, but. Um, more lines in the space? Drawing more lines? Yes, no? I, I think that, I think, I was actually just thinking about this this morning and I hadn't had my, my cup of coffee yet, so my brain had not fully engaged quite yet. I'm not sure it, it has even now, but but I was thinking about this this morning and it, it feels to me, or maybe it was last night, it feels to me more like, I don't know that, I think lines are going to get drawn eventually and naturally. As a community or an ecosystem evolves things just naturally happen if you look at back at say i look at like the wordpress space in general the way it was 10 years ago there were no standouts that were like huge standouts right there there was no everybody was like on the same playing field to a great degree there there were there weren't like these elite groups and then these these newcomers and everybody was a newcomer mm. even though wordpress had been around for a while and as communities or as any organization evolves things more and more things get developed naturally and i think that there will be more lines and one of the things that triggered this was i was looking at I don't even remember what I was looking at. I was looking at, it may have been Cadence or something like that. And I was thinking, hmm, their pricing structure, I think, is more now than it used to be. And and it's not that it shouldn't be because it's a very valuable product. It's a fantastic website or theme and, and builder and all that. And I'm thinking more and more, I'm starting to see these people price their things to be more in line with some of the other worlds out there they're still cheap don't get me wrong but but you're starting to see like these prices start to go up and what's going to happen is as that happens the newcomers who come in with building new plugins and things like that they're going to start out at a much higher price than they used to and and i think that what's going to end up happening is i i just think that i'd say wordpress is probably in its adolescence now it's not in its adult it's not in its adulthood so it's in this this kind of puberty stage where it's it's not sure quite where it wants to be but it knows where it's going right yeah you see things like 
and again, I, I keep going back to the community at large, but I also have to watch myself because I forget sometimes that the largest part of the WordPress community is the end user. And mm-hmm. I constantly forget that because all you have to do is take a look at the page builder that everyone loves to hate, Elementor now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Which, which everyone loved a mere four years ago, right? right People were literally right. building their business, their careers, yeah. they were learning WordPress yeah. off of this tool that was free. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know, maybe, I don't remember what the price is when they launched, maybe it was 49 or 39 a website or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And yeah. then just, you know, a few years goes by and there's so much criticism. There's so much, oh, this other plugin came out and it's got one more block. So I'm mm-hmm. switching all of my Elementor right. sites right. to this other. Yeah. And it's like, wow, man, What's happening with the space? And I have to remember, a lot of it is driven by end users. Even if they're selling websites, they don't, it's going to sound harsh, but they don't know it like like maybe we do, right? They haven't been in right. it as long, and, and maybe they're using it on the surface to make some some money. They'll learn eventually, right. I hope. Right. Yeah. 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 But man, like, it's just, a, it's another one of those weird things that you don't see in any other, in any other market, at least not that I know of, and um, yeah. scary. Well, I, I think that I, I think that it's just because WordPress having such a huge market share, you're just going to have. I think the evolution is still going to be the same as almost any other organization out there. I just think it's going to be it's going to look different during that time because it is so big and because there are so many, like you said, end users that um, are that are looking for kind of that that Squarespace experience without it being Squarespace or something like that, or Wix or something like that. And and so they, they have a little bit more, just a little bit more desire than the average, say, Wix user to figure out what's going on under the hood. But they don't really, it's like in the old days, anybody could change their spark plugs, but not everybody could rebuild an engine, sure. right? And so, you know, what we're getting in here with, with especially with, page builders as they're developing and things like that is we're getting the people who don't want to just drive the car like you do with Wix. They actually want to at least change the spark plugs and change their own oil. Right. And, and so, so those one or two things makes a difference to them because it makes it easier for them. Mm. And, and so I'm not quite sure if that's where you were going with that, but it's, it's, it's certainly, I, I do think that the evolution is happening is just happening differently because you're talking about, a much larger user base than your average your average organization that's in that that weird adolescent stage. Let's turn our attention to a clear and present challenge with the business. So okay. hopefully putting aside really self-analyzation too much, like what's one thing that was like, man, this was the real difficult part for this business? Was it because web hosting companies started rolling out their own local dev kits? Was it some SaaS tool was taking the charge and, and, and helping people develop sites. Like, is there one thing you're like, wow, this is, this was the biggest struggle technically. And that was part of the issue. Yep. I can point to one thing. PHP 5.5. And, and I'm not, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to call out the other Matt a little bit. And I don't mean Cromwell Mullenweg when he got up at the state of the word and he said, we're going to start pushing everybody to PHP 5.5. And I don't remember what we were on at the time, but one of the, I would say one of the sort of Achilles heels in the architecture of 
of desktop server, if I'm being honest, is that it is a compiled product. So it's not just a bunch of code and you just change out a little bit of code and boom, it's done. And as such, being an environment that that worked in a new PHP always involved us having to retool the tool. And, and because desktop server is actually built upon several open source products, and platforms, we had to wait for things like Apache Friends and all these people to start implementing PHP 5.5 in their own stuff before we could like include it in, in our tool. So we were a little bit held hostage by that. And, and what that resulted in, unfortunately for us, was a pretty big delay in the update. And, and even if you go into the back end of WordPress and it says, we recommend you use PHP 5.5 or we recommend you do this, people see that as a requirement. And, and so it becomes like all of a sudden our support just gets hit hard when you're coming out with a new update. When is this happening? When is that happening? And I would say that that was for us. I, I actually am not a four-letter word person in general. I believe that there are other ways to express yourself without having you're to. a better man than me mark <laughs> yeah well I, I i grew up in a in a world where language was important and and i'm not saying that but language and controlling your emotions that's the world i grew up in and so for me if you hear a four-letter word come out of my mouth it means i'm serious part of it is because i'm not original enough and capable enough to come up with something that says I'm serious other than something that is a standard four-letter word. Okay. So it, it, part of it is a compensation for my own my, my own weaknesses. But I remember when Matt said we are, I, I believe it was 5.5. I could be wrong, but I believe it was PHP 5.5. But when he said, when he announced we are making WordPress compatible 5.5 and we are going to have this warning here that basically says you need to get on 5.5, I heard that and i literally in our slack channel or whatever we were using for communication at time just sent to the whole team i was like oh shit that was it that was i was like that was my message and i knew right then and there that we were in trouble and so and it was it took us i think almost a year and a half to actually get out the update that we needed in order for that to work and the flip side of that is that was really the catalyst that made us say okay we need to re-architect desktop server so that hp is much easier to to switch out when needed our thought always was high-end developers and developers who really knew their stuff, they would want different PHP versions, but our market really was designers and developers that that just needed to get their WordPress sites up and running. And it's not that we didn't cater to higher end developers, but most hosts weren't ready for it. And and we tried to emulate kind of the, the world that the host, you know, puts out. And so it, it really threw us for a loop. And the unfortunate thing is we've been working really hard on desktop server 5.0. So we went from 3.9.6, we were skipping 4.0 altogether. And we really have this beta of, of desktop server 5.0 pretty close to feature complete. And with that, it makes it much easier for the updates to occur and for the PHP versions to be switched out. And I, I will say that that is one thing that a product like, say, for instance, local 
has always done that I've really appreciated was you just like switch from one PHP version to another and it's just a drop down. And I I've, I've always really liked that. And and so that was probably the I wouldn't say it was the beginning of the end. I think there were a lot of other things that definitely factored into it. But I would say that that was our first moment of the wave crashing because we've been riding a really good wave up until that point. And what what was the particular, for a non-developer, what was the particular challenge? Like, why did the PHP stuff maybe take so long to incorporate into the product from a layman's term, I look at it as, well, can't we just roll in the updated package and, and like, recompile it? Or what yeah, was, what was yeah. the big challenge? Well, on the surface, it sure seems like it'd be right. that easy. But because, so desktop server is, like I said, it's built on a number of other open source projects, one of which is XAMPP. Um, and I, I wish I could easily explain why... You can't just swap out a PHP version. That is honestly, that's a Steve question because he's, he's, and he has explained it, but it's been long enough for me that I can't exactly remember all the details. And so I don't want to make up a bunch of stuff that's not true, but it does have to do with the fact that because we are using some other open source products or, or projects and, and things like Apache friends and 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 what they were working with they did not have a a php stack that worked with their projects yet and since they are incorporated in our project it made it impossible for us to to do it and and so uh, to be honest we went down a whole bunch of other roads what if we start developing our own stack what if we do all this stuff so we put a lot of time and resources into that as well and and maybe in the long run that might have been the right move but it turned out that at the time it seemed like it was it was too many resources when it came to time and, and budget. I'm going to pull a quote from a written interview that Sarah Gooding did at, at the Tavern to sort mm-hmm. of close out here. A quote, with regards to selling or open sourcing the code, which would be great. I'm unfortunately not at liberty to say at this time. Mm-hmm. What does the future hold? What can you comment on? What does the future hold for desktop server? What does the future hold for you? I can't comment on much more than Steve did. I was talking to someone earlier today and I said, this kind of feels like the Twinkie thing. When Hostess went out of business and Twinkies went away and everybody was really, really, really upset and, and they missed their Twinkies, which they probably had not eaten in 50 years. But <laughs> I just got hungry. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Twinkie comes back a few years later. At the time that the Twinkie went away, Hostess or anyone else didn't really know what was going to happen, what the fate of the Twinkie was. And I will say the same is true of Desktop Server. Currently, we do not know what the fate is. We don't know what the fate of ServerPress is in, in that regard. I can't, I, I can't really comment other than that. Sure. What yeah. about you? What, what, what are you going to do day to day now? I got a job Me for a news personally. writer at the WP Minute. <laughs> What's that? I got a job for a news writer at the WP Minute. Do you? All right, I'll take it. I, I, I will take contract work and and whether it's writing or, or whatever. Hey, I'll I'm I'm not I'm certainly not opposed to that, but I'm not here to pimp myself out. Having said that, for me, I 
am at this point in my life where I need whatever I do next. One of the things that I loved about ServerPress, I feel like we really made a difference. We made a difference in the WordPress community. We impacted people's lives. Our goal was always to create services that impacted the quality of people's lives. I'm at this point now where I am 55 years old and I have a wealth of knowledge, a lot of it from failure, a lot of it from success. And I want to impact whatever I'm doing. I want it to be something that is truly impactful. And years ago, I started doing foster care and then we adopted six kids out of foster care. And and that was impactful. And I feel like my life is not really, really complete unless I'm doing something and that's impactful. So whether it's teaching and training, I am starting, I have started my own life coaching business, which we, my, my practice involves, I specialize in helping young entrepreneurs that are trying to get startups going and things like that. So on a, and, and career coaching. And then I also coach future and current foster parents, as well as parents of Q uh, kids. My focus with that is, is with teaching parents how to communicate with their queer child in a way that's meaningful to both of them so that they can improve their relationships rather than have it drive a wedge between them. So obviously parenting is a, is a, a really, really big uh, thing for me. And and I, I want to stick around in the WordPress community as much as I possibly can and, and help out in any ways that I can. I think I have a lot to offer still, and as do Greg and Steve. But once again, I'm not going to speak for them. But, you know, uh, Greg, honestly, holy crap, when it comes to customer service, we serviced as many as 30 or 40,000 customers. And Greg handled 90% of that support. That's unfathomable, right? So Steve, I've been in technology and, and, and development and all of that since the 80s. And Steve is truly one of the most gifted developers I've ever met in my life. And I, I don't know exactly where their careers are taking them, but I can tell you what I would like to do with the rest of my, what time I have left here on this place we call Earth. Mark, thanks so much for taking the time to, to share pleasure. this share this with us. Listen, pimp yourself out. Where can folks find you to, to hire you hire you and, and um, about the next step? You can email me at at, at Mark at serverpress and that's M-A-R-C at serverpress.com. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Benzak and that's M-A-R-C B-E-N-Z-A-K. You can find me on LinkedIn, just look me up. That's M-A-R-C B-E-N-Z-A-K-E-I-N. I'm on Instagram. I love photography. I do a lot of photography and and so I throw stuff on Instagram every once in a while when when I feel inspired. And I'm in Slack all over the place. Just uh, I, I'm I'm not I'm not going into hiding. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Everybody else, reach out to Mark. Say thanks for everything he's done for the community through his product, through his well, just his community outreach. It's been a real pleasure, Mark. Thanks for everything, and we look forward to yeah, the next chapter. So hey there, listener. Do you like what you hear on the Matt Report? Well, you should go over to thewpminute.com if you want weekly WordPress news in under five minutes and other community journalism. Check out thewpminute.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the newsletter at thewpminute.com slash subscribe. If you want to keep independent WordPress news and content like this going, 
Go to buymeacoffee.com slash mattreport for as little as $5. You can support the efforts of my team creating content about WordPress for you every single week or join our Slack group for $79 a year. Get involved with the WordPress news. Help out in the WordPress news. Want to shape the WordPress news? Join the membership. Become a producer at the WP Minute. Buymeacoffee.com slash mattreport.